Okay, welcome to another edition of the podcast. Uh, I'm sat here in a box at the Oval, sounds very glamorous, uh, and I'm joined by none other than Steve Kitcher, the head of ticketing and retail at the Oval. Head of public sales, head which of covers public tic- sales. ticketing, membership and retail. And okay, go. awesome. What a title. <laughs> right, so Steve, thanks for joining me and coming on the podcast. It's Absolute pleasure, though. taken a while to get you on here, but now we have. Feels Plain like hard to get, as always, sorry. mission accomplished. <laughs> um, so, Steve, you've been in the ticketing game for a while. Uh, so how long have you been doing this for, first? Oh, mate, um, I first joined West Ham United uh, back in, I think it was around... 1992. Right. There you go. Because that's it. Yeah. I mean, that, that goes back. I've now got staff who weren't even born in 1992. <laughs> so, uh, that, uh, yeah, that makes me feel quite ancient. Brilliant. And so we, we started working together, uh, I think it was like mid 2000s. I was at the FA at the time. Yeah. Uh, yep. We had some Eng- England games. You were responsible for the ticketing of Wayne Rooney's first ever England game. I was, you? yeah. I was responsible for uh, an England loss to Australia at Austin right. Park. I remember that well. <laughs> I so, think most England fans have, uh, have raised that one for me memory yeah um, and so yeah we worked together a bit West Ham we had some FA tra- trophy and bars even finals there, yeah. I think and, yeah we um, did we did um, so after that we you then moved to, to Locog is that right yeah I, I was at Locog working on 2012 for a short while uh, I'd left West Ham United and um, yeah had some conversations with Locog and went over there and I was uh, working on the Olympic football tournament which was, which was interesting okay. um, it's uh, it was it was a Big role. It was a big. Um, it, it was a fantastic organisation to work for. Something of that size. Yeah. Something of that scale. Um, yeah. It was. It was exciting times. The, the football tournament was, I think, a challenge. You'd probably know yeah. more than me because you were there longer than me. But you know, because of the number of fixtures and the number of venues. Yeah. It was, quite unique. But yeah. Yeah. It, it was a beast of a tournament. tournament within a tournament. Um, so yeah, I'd like to think that you know the time I was there, I contributed. Yeah. So, but it was good. Um, whilst I was there, I was having some conversations with various people. Um, the Kia Oval being one of them, and uh, yeah, I took the opportunity to, uh, to, to to leave before the exodus of uh, at the end of 2012, really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, this was uh, too good an opportunity to, to turn down. Cool. Okay. So let's go back to, to West Ham then, as like where you started out. Yeah, so how did, Park. how did you? get into working in ticketing at a football club in the first place? You, you've mentioned the black hole before, and, I have, the, and yeah. the black hole was something I very much fell into. Um, I'll try and keep this story short, and uh, hopefully it's relatively interesting. It all started with West Ham United um, drawing Everton in the quarter-final 1991 FA Cup. Um, I sent a postal application off, uh, forgot to send the cheque, this, this is pre-internet, again showing me age. Um, I got a letter back saying, Mr Kitcher, sorry, the game now sold out, here's your blank cheque. Great, cheers for that. Um, so, uh, not being one to take no for an answer, I, I got the tube up to Upton Park on the day of the game. And uh, yeah, knowing there'd be someone outside Upton Park tube station Buy selling yourself. tickets, yeah, seats were standing, <laughs> buying or selling. Um, I purchased my North Bank ticket, can't remember how much it was, probably five or ten quid. And uh, yeah, went in to watch the game, fantastic night under the lights. And um, yeah, we proceeded to the semi final with the to get your ticket for the semi final, you needed to send in your quarter final ticket, which I'd done. Um, I need to receive another letter back telling me it was a fake. So, uh, <laughs> so whilst I'd won on one hand, uh, I'd lost on the other. So 
put pen to paper, wrote a letter to West Ham, absolutely begging, saying, you know, I'll help them find the culprit outside the tube station. I'm desperate <laughs> to see the game. I'm just a loyal fan wanting to see a semi-final. You can tell we're starved of success as us Hammers fans. And uh, yeah, two days before the semi-final, got a phone call from a, uh, a man called Alan Smith, who was the ticket office manager at the time. Right. He, he didn't live a million miles from me, so he said, look, I've got your letter. Um, Fell for your sob story. Right. If you come up, um, you can purchase two spare tickets for the FA Cup semi-final. We got okay. talking, and um, yeah, he, uh, I talked so much he ended up offering me a job. Excellent. So okay. that that is how I fell into the black hole that is ticketing. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Um, and so you were there for quite a while then as well. You would have seen the, the club evolve yeah, and changes. Yeah. Saw, saw huge changes because it was the you know at the start of the Premier League and. Mm. Things were very much different then. You know, football clubs um, weren't the big beasts that they are now. Uh, weren't so um, sophisticated in their kind of certainly commercial operations. Yeah. Um, but it, it was good for me. It was somewhere where you could, uh, you know, do a good job, get yeah. stuck in, and kind of progress. So, mm -hmm. you know, whilst I was there for 19 years, I was always happy that you know I was kind of moving through the ranks and you know at the end uh, looking after ticketing and hospitality so yeah I, I did great times you know enjoyed it fantastic Excellent. place and then if we go sort of hop a little, along a little bit and we go from something like that to where you are now at the Oval so would you say that there's huge differences or different challenges or a lot of similarities um but bits of all of that Dave to so obviously it's um you know th this is an iconic sports venue. You know, I didn't realise quite how fondly people think of the Oval till till, till I joined. Yeah. Um, because you know, it, fair to say, cricket wasn't my number one sport. You know, if it wasn't football and rugby, I wasn't too interested. But um, yeah, th this is a great venue that lots of people have a lot of affection for. Yeah. And, you know, and, and enjoy coming to. And uh, I didn't quite appreciate that, but I certainly get that now. I so. guess there's a great tradition around it as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I didn't appreciate with the sport was, you know, what a big social occasion it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, quite often I would get invited <laughs> by my brother to, to days of the test, which I'd turn my nose up at. But uh, yeah, it, it's a great, you know, a, a day at the cricket or a day at the test is, you know, a, a date in people's calendar, you know, yeah. a year in advance that they look forward to. And yeah, people love coming. Here. And we've got, yeah, there are similarities. They're, you know, it's uh, we've got a, a, a quite a loyal fan base. You know, a loyal membership. Mm. You know, similar to we had a, a, a loyal um, season to go with the fan base at Upton Park, albeit they're quite different people. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So, with with your work at the Oval, um, let's talk a bit more about that in terms of what attracted you to an opportunity to work here and what you've done and what you were brought in to do and, and how you've delivered on that. Yeah, well, when one of the interviews before I joined, I was sat with Richard Gould, the current chief exec, and Andrew Lane, the finance director, in Richard Gould's office, which overlooks the, 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 the pitch and the oval. Um, and there was a T20 game on. Um, and I think it was the second or third conversation I'd had with them because I was a bit undecided about coming over. And I just said, look, what's the challenge? And, you know, we looked out to the stands, which were half full, and he said, well, help us fill that. Okay. Okay. Give that a go. Pretty clear brief. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that one. A lot of things kept simple, <laughs> but um, I, and I think we've achieved that. You know, in 2011, you know, we had I think it was 53,000 people attend all of the T20 fixtures that year. You know, this year we've just finished on 160,000. You know, wow. we've had 
uh, seven, you know, capacity crowds and uh, yeah, T20 nights are, you know, great, great nights here at the Oval. So yeah. Yeah, we, we, we've done fantastically well with that. Uh, and that comes from not just work I've done, you know, Richard Gould kind of embedded this mentality internally, um, you know, about putting people first. We've got the culture right, you know, through, you know, we've got some great people in our marketing and communications team who, you know, send clear channeled comms to, you know, the relevant people so we're not kind of spamming everyone, you know, yeah. we're very careful in how we, um, you know, go to our database um, and just getting the culture right, you know, putting people first, making sure the experience is great, the customer service is great, getting the price point right, you know, mm. making sure, uh, whilst being competitive, you know, just making sure it's affordable and then the product, you know, making sure that when people are in here having a great time yeah. and then trying to get them back, which is, which is the challenge, you know, we were selling you know, 10, 15,000 for, you know, the, the, the early games back in 2011 and people weren't coming, you know, more than once a year. Right. Now we've got people coming back, you know, once, twice, three times and then even going into membership, which is a big thing for us. Obviously, we're a members organisation. So, mm. yeah, we're just, uh, we, we've come much better at understanding what people want and getting them to, to buy tickets, which is a, okay. which is always a challenge, but one we've uh, done very well at, yeah, definitely. Okay, so this, if we dig into that a bit more, because um, I get what I get from that is that fan experience here whilst you're in the venue is, is paramount, and that's the thing, or one of the things that contributes largely to getting people to come back again. So what are some of the things that you have done or thought about advocate doing to, to one get people to have a, a, a good time whilst they're in but also communicating with them and getting them back again because I would imagine that's probably a challenge that a lot of venues have. Yeah I, I think what we do well we get the basics right so you know we make sure that you know people are welcomed by a steward when they enter you know yeah. we make sure the facilities are good you know we're permanently invested in the facilities you know at the end right. of this year we you know, um, we've got another redevelopment that takes us to 27,000. So, you know, we, we, we make sure the venue and facilities are as, um, you know, good as they can be. Um, you know, we, we're quite often approached by people, people trying to sell us apps and various other bits of technology. And, you know, that, that stuff's all very well, but, you know, if you can't get the basics right, I don't really yeah. see why that stuff's important, it you know. It doesn't fill your venue yeah, if, if a steward can't say hello or, you know, tell you where the nearest bar is, yeah. um, then, you know, get that right first and, yeah, yeah. and, and that's what we focus on okay Definitely. cool um, so related to fans and probably similar to your story of trying to get a ticket for that <laughs> West Ham was it quarter final yeah quarter final so uh, I would imagine given the popularity of coming to a venue like this now you would have challenges around like black market and oh, resale very much yeah particularly this year we've had um, Cricket World Cup, which was enormous, uh, you know, the Ashes, yeah. uh, you know, big high profile events absolutely, that, you know, yeah. sell out very quickly. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely, we have we have issues with the guys outside and also the secondary market, so. Okay, and so how do you try and sort of combat that or do you try and sort of give people what they need but in a, a more legitimate way or? Yeah, it, it, it's very difficult because, you know, what we don't want to do is kind of you know, gear ourselves up for being only, you know, trying to prevent touts. You know, what we do first of all is make sure that tickets are accessible as possible, that, you know, people yeah. can buy tickets, that people have got access to tickets. Um, but obviously that comes with challenges because you can't, um, you know, filter the certain people through, you know, the people you don't want buying tickets through before they can, which is always tough. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just up to us to make sure that we've got our own ticket exchange platform which we have which we do very well on so people have got a, a, an outlet for any tickets that they don't want mm. um, and you know and we're moving towards 
technology where, you know, mobile tickets, for example, that, yeah. we, th we, th that we think will help us combat that. Awesome, yeah. Um, you know, you work with Tixis, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah, we were doing some good stuff with Tixis. We started this year um, and, you know, we, we wanted, what, what we have at the Oval is a big, big group market, you know, for T20s particular, uh, where, you know, we, we're selling a ticket, you know, of groups of 50, 100, sometimes more than that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we only know the details of the lead client. What Tixis is allowing us to do is to find out who they're forwarding their tickets to and who else is coming, because yeah. that obviously allows us to, to, you know, farm new data and to find out who's coming through the turnstiles, which is obviously a, you know, which is obviously a challenge for, for, for lots of venues. Have you found that, because I think as a concept that's, you know, I think I said from a sort of utopia, venues always talk about knowing every single person in the seat, not just the lead booker. Yeah. The way that, I guess, legislation around data has changed, has that, help, has that helped or hindered that? Um, probably hindered, but, you know, it's not a bad thing. It just, yeah. it just presents an extra challenge that we need to work around, you know, yeah. uh, to make sure that people are signed up and they're only receiving what they want to receive. Of course, we'd uh, abide by that, you know. Mm. Yeah. Makes it doesn't make it as easy as it used to be, but you know it's just uh, something you need to overcome. So Absolutely, yeah. we're still getting good results from it. So. Okay, awesome. Um, and then, in terms of cricket, so I won't you know profess to be an expert on cricket at all. Uh, actually, I know nothing about cricket. <laughs> well, don't come to me for a, for a masterclass, Dave, because that's the wrong person. Um, but I do know we've had a cricket World Cup over the summer. Yeah. Um, and off the back, normally if, you know, big tournaments, successful tournaments like that, you get a lot of. Um, you know, additional sort of purchase, more engagement with the sport. Is that sort of on your roadmap as a venue for next year? Well, cricket has just been, um, you know, on the back pages all through the, 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 the summer, yeah. um, which has been brilliant. So, yeah, we started with a Cricket World Cup, um, which started with two warm-up fixtures back in May, which feels like many moons ago now. <laughs> um, so the Cricket World Cup, which was excellent, uh, you know, we had sold-out fixtures here with different nationalities, which were great fun. Uh, obviously, England won the tournament, so that created a high there. Yeah. You know, we then move into uh, you know the, the Ashes, uh, which was again you know whilst it didn't go quite England's way, you know there was the um, you know the Ben Stokes innings at Headingley, People which, which said everyone it was like the best game of cricket ever that ever took place. It, it was the best innings I saw that day for sure. It was uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was great. It was um, but but to answer your question, the. the high from that and the kind of response you know that, that we saw yeah. in, in you know higher ticket sales was just outstanding you yeah know, we, we were doing well for t20 anyway you know that stuff was happening it just gave it a you know accelerated it further and nice. you know just an example on for the fifth day uh, of the ashes which didn't happen you know up, up to that ben stokes moment we'd sold i think it was about thirteen thousand tickets right uh, that happened we sold out overnight wow so, you know so we, we, we went from 15 to twenty-two thousand. Yeah, so it was, it was huge. Yeah. So it, it was brilliant. But obviously, it's up to us now, as an organisation, as a sport, just to capitalise on that mm. and just you know take that into next year. Um, and I often get asked what I do, you know, once the cricket's finished. Um, but, but <laughs> Feet it, up, right? It, well, you, you, you'd like to think, but it, it just doesn't stop. So now we're into membership renewals, um, and we've already launched our 2020 internationals which are more of a challenge than they were this year but it's about capitalizing on that demand you know we yeah. do we, we, we've done a ballot that i introduced back in i think it was back in about 2012 which i borrowed from from 2012 funny mm. enough um, but we've already got i think 25,000 people registered just to apply for tickets for, for next year's internationals excellent so okay we, we, we do a good job of kind of pushing scarcity and trying to kind of drive demand and yeah. with that database we'll try and upsell a membership and various other bits so okay. yeah it's just about 
whipping up a frenzy really and just creating that demand so you can kind of then uh, off yeah. the back of that people want to yeah, jump. Yeah, I mean, that kind of links into probably one of my last questions now around um, like how you stay ahead or stay current because I, I guess from the to the outsider until I sort of knew more about what you do here I always thought cricket grounds would just have a certain demographic and it would be hard to appeal to like newer generations but I guess things like the World Cup helped to change that and the way you approach sales probably helps to address that as well. Yeah but what, what is very different to football is we've got different um, you know, d different types of support for different, you know, so today there's, well, there's not a county game going on because it's raining, but if, if, <laughs> if the weather was better, there would be. And obviously, you know, for the county championship stuff, there's a certain type of, you know, an yeah. older guy or lady who's, you know, probably retired. Yeah. That's probably your traditional cricket fan that's, that's that you, what I think that about you, that that I, people yeah. automatically picture, which is a bit of a shame because if you look at our membership and our database, you know, it, it's younger professional people, yeah. you know, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's not what you're currently looking at at the moment, setting a pavilion for yeah. sure. You know, they're, okay. they're a younger, more dynamic type of uh, type of individual that, you know, and likes, is that their sport. a result of like you consciously sort of focusing and trying to change that? Or is that just that's always been the case, but not what people see? Or? Uh, we, we, we try and influence that. Obviously, the different formats kind of help with that because, right. you know, T20 does kind pace. of attract to, you know, like to, to families and, and younger supporters. Um, whereas you know the more traditional four-day formats or the, even the one-day game is kind of an older crowd, but they do mix over. You yeah, know, it's not to say that one won't attend the other. Sure. It's just, yeah. So, 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 so yeah. So the format helps. Okay. Cool. Um, right. So before we wrap up, I'll always ask people if people listening to this want to get in touch with you, where's the best place to find you? So. Uh, like social media, websites, anything else you want to sort of push, promote? Yeah, no, no websites I know of anyway. So just, <laughs> just, just via LinkedIn. So okay. just, just look me up on LinkedIn and uh, yeah, send me a message if you want to get in touch. Okay, perfect. Right, well, thanks for coming on to the show, Steve. Cheers, Dad. Thank you very much. Cool, see you soon.